Welcome to the Masters in Motion podcast, where we empower and inspire Masters athletes to reach their full potential. Join us as we delve into the world of CrossFit and showcase the strength, resilience, and determination of Masters athletes. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting your journey, this podcast is dedicated to providing CrossFit news, education, and inspiration because we love this sport. Hey, Rick, how are you doing this week? Excellent, Jason. Another week down, the calm before the storm. That's it. The Open is done. It's behind us. We've got some fun things coming up ahead. Let's jump into the news this week. You caught the Boz and Wood podcast this week. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. They do a Varied Not Random podcast together. And Pat asked the question that I think all of us have been wanting to ask. What were the thoughts around the 2023 Open, the programming ideas, And so Adrian laid everything out for him, went through not only week by week, but started out by pulling it back to big themes. And I think that was really nice to hear in that this was his first go go through for an initial open that he was able to program for. He certainly wanted a repeat because we didn't have a repeat one last year. And then he went into details of what was in the running and how he ultimately ended at repeating 14.4. And then the puzzle pieces that begin to come into play, the movements that were already touched with the repeat. So how does that play into what else he wanted to accomplish? And he certainly pulled from and said he wanted to try something new this year. And we know that we got that in 23.2 with shuttle runs. Burpee pull-ups is an older movement. We all know that. It's a lot of used in a lot of affiliates around the world. But he wanted to pair that movement with a monostructural movement, and shuttle runs was a nice complement. He talked about toying with the time domains and what they were trying to achieve. Really interesting. And then he wanted to do something heavy. Your typical Olympic lifts have been tested in the past. Not to say that we won't see them again, and we'll get into that. But the thruster had always been something that had featured lighter weights and higher reps. So here, his twist on that was, I wanted to go heavy with the thruster. We certainly had a lot of discussion around the the goal that he was trying to achieve with a heavy thruster, but it was nice to see that. And then the final workout, a little bit higher skill. The, the one where everybody could participate at the beginning, but as the weights got heavier and the skills got higher and the time cut you off, He answered a little bit of what you and I talked about last week, where we thought maybe to tweak the programming, the scaling of the weights a little bit, allowing more age groups to race. His, he answered that question in that outside of taking not into account the 55 and up that they had the scaling, the weight discount options, I shouldn't call it scaling, and the kipping handstand pushups. He said, if you are at that elite level, it, I wanted it to be a race and everybody else, you worked as long as you could with the capacity that you had and the skills that you had. And that's what you were left with. He answered that question, but it was a real good listen. Encourage everybody to go check that out. Very not random. And it was the first one I've heard this year where he's really given us his thoughts on what went into the programming. In thinking about that, did you see the YouTube series that CrossFit put out as well? behind the scenes as Boz was building and testing the CrossFit games workouts. Did you happen yes. to catch that series on YouTube? I, oh, I, I thought that was so good. Everyone, I almost wish they would put out more for each of the events. They really only touched on those highlight events like the Capitol 
and uh, the shuttle runs with the overheads. I enjoyed pulling back and looking at his beginning stage of it, the testing that went on at yep. Rogue a couple of months or a month before the games, then the final run-throughs right there in Madison the week before. Really good watches. The pressure and the level of attention to detail that you have to have in his position, along with the element of risk, the the, the the run they did through Madison was not a closed course. So there were a million things that it could have gone wrong. And it's that's a great series. And I do love things like this podcast, the VNR podcast, especially with Pat Sherwood, because he's just so delightful. He's um, such an OG. Really is. Correct. He's so fun. He's so fun. To get that idea, what's going on in in Boz's mind? What's he thinking about? How's he programming? And the whole story that he's trying to put together with the open the quarterfinals, semifinals, and games, which we'll talk about here in a second. And I actually read Dave Castro's book, which went behind the scenes mm -hmm. of him programming the games historically as well. And I just find it fascinating when these guys who have this amazing art form that they get to create to test the ultimate test of fitness and to really get to see behind the scenes on that, pull the shade back and see what they were thinking. It's a hard job. It, there are so many tests, so many elements that could be chosen, that could be drawn from in order to throw at us and the general public, all the whole CrossFit community. And it is, it's just fun to hear where they're coming from, what they were thinking, what their goal was. And by no means is, is any test absolutely perfect, but getting to understand the why behind the test, I think fills in a lot of the holes and the gaps and the questions along the way. We only received that information after the fact and then you go back and you do an aha moment and you say, ah, that's why we, that's why we did it this way. Or here's, here's what they were trying to achieve. And with Castro, yeah. Yeah. I remember the, the room in California that he had that looked like a mad scientist, the big whiteboards, the exactly. post-it notes, the legal pad after legal pad and taking notes and testing and timing, trying something, moving it around, reslotting it. And that was just for the games. What we didn't ever get to see was how did he do regionals way back in the day? And then what was his open uh, worksheet, if you will, all the way through? Fantastic. And you're, ne and you're never going to please stuff. everybody. We understand that. Everybody's no. going to have an opinion. No. Somebody's going to something and not like another part of it. It's never perfect in other programmers' eyes. But you know what? These are the gentlemen that have been tasked with putting this on. And right now, you have to give them a tip of the cap because it's a big undertaking to say the least. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And we'll go ahead and tease this now to those that are listening. The show that we release in two weeks, I believe, we will have Adrian Bosman on for an interview with us where we will obviously be talking about his plan for Masters Athletes, how he sees our age divisions going through the open quarterfinals, semifinals, the games. We'll have lots of great questions for him so stay tuned for that episode we're beyond excited that he's agreed to, to jump onto our new podcast for this and we'll try to we'll represent the masters community the best we can guys moving on the worldwide rankings were published and updated based on this crossfit open and while it is very cool rick does it even matter for us in any way whatsoever I think it's uh, out reading a couple articles and maybe watching a video or two. It really doesn't. <laughs> it's cool. I, it's a fun algorithm. It's a fun ranking system. It matters to individual athletes because it sure. it can sway uh, 
semifinal divisions and how many people qualify in each region. But for Masters athletes, you and I were talking before the show, will they ever do a worldwide ranking system for Masters athletes? Because on one hand, that would be really cool to take all of the data that they have about our performance historically and do this worldwide ranking system. But with our online qualifiers, it doesn't really matter. We'll qualify based on the percentage of people that qualify through the quarterfinals and semifinals. That's that. So worldwide rankings doesn't matter there. But you also mentioned something really interesting about how as we age up, the data just gets really messy there, right? What if you struggled at the end of an age category and they do that same two-year rolling, two-year look look back at your performances and, and then you age up into a new age category and have more success against similar ages? How does that all play into it? People take years off obviously, for all kinds of reasons in the age categories, just like they do in the individuals. How does that work? Right now, we have every athlete has those levels assigned to your name, which hasn't been talked about a whole lot yet. And I think that's maybe the placeholder for uh, age group athletes, level 10, level 9, level 8. And I don't know where the application comes from, where you take that level 10, other than it's attached to your ID when you log into the CrossFit Games website. So we'll see if there's more about that. Once again, the Masters will get the second iteration of their <laughs> explanations after they take care of the individuals and the teams. You know what? Maybe that's okay. We'll let them beta test on the individuals and teams, and we'll wait for the refined, polished version for us. We'll just Correct. we'll just patiently wait. It's fine. Not going anywhere. The chatterer, we're not going anywhere. We're, we're going to, whatever we get, We'll take, because we can. We still get to do this at you know, 47 and 50, 51. We get to do these fun things. Exactly. So quarterfinals is coming. And the um, the thoughts around quarterfinals, let's just start with some basic information about quarterfinals. And then we'll maybe be able to think about themes continued from 2022. How does that play into semifinals with HQ programming, all that? Talking about our quarterfinals, I'm thinking... We have the data from the email that they sent to us. Monday, March 20th, official invites get sent out. That's coming. Then the 27th of March, floor plans will be released. And we may actually wait to record our podcast that week until that night so that you and I can talk about those floor plans. That'll be fun. That's a mental note for ourselves. Okay. Then on Friday, March 31st, all the test details will be released. And it looks there like they're going to give us... All of the tests released like noon, probably Pacific time. We get all the workouts and then we'll have submission windows on Saturday, April 1st. That's our first submission window is done Sunday, April 2nd. That's it. So really from a get the work done perspective, we'll have the afternoon and evening of March 31st, which is a Friday, Saturday morning for whatever workouts are required in that first window. And then we'll have Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning to complete whatever is required in the second window. And then the competition ends. Friday, April 14th, review process is complete. That gives them about two weeks to review all the workouts. And the leaderboard is finalized, and we find out who goes on to semifinals. Is this the same format as last year, or is this a deviation in any way that you can think of? It's, uh, it's one day shorter, if I recall. I do remember That's what being I was in thinking. there on Thursday afternoon. 
late, or I should say Thursday after work on the East Coast, Eastern Standard Time, to do our list. And last year, you, you did your cross your CrossFit total that afternoon or that evening, yeah, right? Like, First like thing. I'm sure like yep. many people did. Correct. Yep. Um, and so okay. it was just a longer, it was a longer window because we had the same end of Sunday, middle of the day, Sunday, middle Sunday afternoon to have them all in. So this is a tighter one. Maybe there's only four workouts or four tests. I think the individuals have, I thought I saw some chatter around five tests for the individuals and we would get four. Okay. I don't quote me on that. Love to hear somebody challenge and give us the information on that. I, I imagine you might be right. If I go back to the email, I see the individuals, their information get, gets released Thursday at noon. All tests are released. They have a window on Friday, a window on Saturday, and a window on Sunday. They have three windows, and that's what I remembered from last year. So we have two windows this year, which could mean less uh, overall tests. It could be that there's maybe a maybe the same amount of tests, but maybe lighter volume if we were going to get all of that done in two days. I trust the process. I'm okay Absolutely. with it. I'm, yeah. What do you, given last year, we had the open workouts, which I don't know who programmed what yeah. last year. If A lot of it was Dave, Remnants of Dave or Bossman. But did you see a theme or a flow going from the open to quarterfinals to semifinals for Masters athletes last year? Did you see some sort of a story being told there? I really or, didn't. <laughs> yeah, me neither. No. I was reaching. I was like, yeah. I didn't see anything either, but I was like, oh, maybe there is, and I just missed it. No, it, I, Dave had such – Dave liked to play with those themes and the, to weave them through when he had control about the whole process. Last year was – you just have to Wait. chuck last year up to a very – what we appear to think of it as a disjointed year. I can't imagine what it was like over at HQ, but the – Semifinals for individuals weren't even programmed by CrossFit, as we know. CrossFit just told them you have two H crew programmed workouts that you need to put into your schedule, but it's up to you, the event programmer, to put them in wherever you see fit. So it wasn't even very That's balanced right. all the way across. They had the 10 rounder with the running and the rope climbs, and then they had the, the lifting complex. This year, since they control the process for everything, and masters included, age groups included, we might be able to sit here in a number of months' time and reflect back and say, this made sense. Or Adrian teased something last year in the games for the individuals that now maybe the individuals or even age groups might see at quarterfinals or at semifinals. I do remember an sure. interview with him after the games, when the rope climb, the the alpaca sleds with the kettlebells and weather mm -hmm. came into place in the morning, so they had to cut the rope climbs. And I forget what the standard, the new standard was going to be, but they couldn't do it. Do you remember that by chance? Was it I remember. I do. It was legless up and legless down. Okay. That was what that's they were going to do. But in his interview, he said, unfortunately, that's been released, but not tested. So the entire community's on notice. Mm -hmm. If you don't practice that, mm, yes. it's your own fault. Now, for masters, age groups, I'm not sure about that. But we'll, But certainly from an not individual yet. athlete perspective, not yet. that message has been received loud and clear, I think, for, for many of the higher level athletes. And I was just browsing the quarterfinal workouts for masters athletes from last year. 
the workouts, there were five of them total. One of them was the CrossFit total. But just the workout one was really fast, really quick, three rounds for time, 20 toes to bar, 20 alternating dumbbell snatches with a heavy dumbbell. And that was a real tough workout as, as far as I'm concerned. It was a sprint, and that 70-pound dumbbell was the first time that we had seen that as masters in any of our workouts. And I, I know that we didn't see dumbbells in the open this year, although dumbbells were on the equipment list. I'm sure we're going to see something in quarterfinals. I'm sure we'll have a 70-pound dumbbell. That's just my thought. I'm sure we'll yeah. have something heavier. That's just where we're being tested. If we look at that was a fun short workout. The next workout was that chipper, if you remember, was 50 overhead squats, 40 bar-facing burpees, 40 back rack walking lunges, which was oh, very challenging yes. to film, yep. by the way. Yep. You had to basically have the camera on the opposite side of the gym. 30 bar-facing burpees, 30 cleans, 20 bar-facing burpees, 20 pistol squats, 10 muscle-ups. That mm. the, the interesting thing about <laughs> these workouts is the level of skill that is required. The skill level goes through the roof. In my opinion, the next yep. workout was one rope climb, two shuttle runs, two rope climbs, four shuttle runs. So now you're again, you're, you have this, you know, this very just simple couplet. But if you did that workout, it was devastating, devastating. It was you just ran into a brick wall on both the rope and the shuttle runs. And this was a 10 minute AMRAP, not long, but it was enough time yep. to really get yourself stuck. In my opinion, I, I got stuck on shuttle runs. Yeah. We had the CrossFit total, which I think was super fun. We get to do three heavy lifts. And then finally, we had that last workout, which was a three-round, four-time, 50-calorie row, 15 handstand push-ups, 50 double-unders. That was probably the most accessible of all of the workouts, meaning the skill level was not super high. The right. most challenging yep. skill yep. would be 15 handstand push-ups. But this was a fitness test, if I'm not mistaken. I felt like this was probably the biggest test of your overall fitness because was, in my opinion, it was 150 calorie row as fast as you can. You just got to get off a couple of times to bang out some handstand pushups and double unders, but they were fun. I remember all of the workouts were interesting. I liked all of them. I was nervous, of course, about all of them once they were released, but we definitely see an increase in skill level an increase in your need to be strong here and for me i'm very excited to see what comes out this year and if there's any kind of a theme that goes from the open to quarterfinals that's just fun because it tells a story if there's not that's fine because it's quarterfinals test us really well right. so we get the right people to semifinals Correct. and right? your point about the second test having the much higher skill level shoots the theory out of the water that they'll only save the higher skilled movements for semifinals that's not true because once again, looking at it from a funnel perspective, I think they do want to test as as thoroughly as they can at the quarterfinal levels to exactly what you just said. Make sure they have the right 30 men and women in each age group, then partake in semifinals. And then it's obviously whatever they toss at you. Totally agree. If you were an athlete who we'll start with this, who got through the open and didn't qualify for quarterfinals, but you had a, an open, you're satisfied. Okay. The open is over. I didn't make quarterfinals, but I do want to be competitive in this space. What do you do now? You didn't make it to quarterfinals, What? but you want to, you want to be competitive as a master's athlete. What is, what's it, what's next for you? 
What are your thoughts on that? Uh, if, if I were in that position and I was not just working out in my garage by myself, and if I were a member of a community at an affiliate, I would want to have a sit down with my coach, a coach, the owner, and begin to, to identify areas to improve upon. Maybe look at your past results. Maybe this was your second or third open. You've been doing this for a while. You've tried to be consistent. Maybe you're trying to lose some weight or you're just excited about getting back and being active again as a master's athlete and say, okay, what's my roadmap? I'm committed to this. I'm paying my dues every month. I'm coming here. I'm showing up, but I have deficiencies. Maybe the toes to bar in 23 or 23.1 stopped me out, or maybe my thruster lift was extremely light. Maybe my strength needs to be addressed and just really put together a roadmap. Uh, these coaches and affiliate owners are good. They know what they're doing. They want to sit down. They want to see their athletes. Not every athlete wants to be in the position that you just asked that question to, Jason. Think about that. But right. Monday through Friday, right. show up, yeah. a rest day in there. I've got a great workout. That's all I need. I love the community. It's fun. For those that do want to maybe continue to try and progress and improve, I think a meeting with a coach and a roadmap would be my first stop. I agree. I love the idea of a roadmap. And that's, there's 11 months until we do this again. And the passion level is high right now. The momentum is high. We just got through this this great test. And we may have been punched in the face by a couple of things, like you said, toes to bar, or maybe a heavy thruster, or maybe we can't snatch, or we can't, you know, maybe we can't squat snatch, whatever. It is that time to look at your weaknesses and map that out. I, I remember for me missing the games in 2016, 2017, when I was still very young in the sport, but I was very keen and eager to be a games athlete, would sit back and I would look at where were my deficiencies? Where did I get really stuck? And I remember in 2017, I believe it was 26, 2017, I got really stuck on handstand push-ups on that CrossFit Open workout that was 55 of everything. Maybe rowing, the wall balls, handstand push-ups. Oh, the old 55s. We saw that a couple times too. Yeah. 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 We did. We did. And the first time I thought I was good at handstand push-ups until I got to handstand push-ups and I was not good. I got really stuck. But I remember that year thinking, okay, my, my shoulder stamina is not good. So I did have that as part of my roadmap in the next year to, to build shoulder stamina. I was also not strong. It was just one of those things that was very frustrating as I was going through the, the open and a little bit in the age group qualifier in those early years. I found myself being so good at gymnastics, but was just not strong enough on lifting movements. I started to really focus on, particularly right after the open or the age group qualifier at the time, it was the earliest part of the off season. It was my focus to not become the fittest person in the world by summer because it doesn't matter. It was the time to get strong and to dial back on Metcons and to really focus on getting strong on back squats, front squats, overhead squats, and Olympic lifts. And I, for a couple of years, post or off season, that was just some of my focus. And I agree with you. Like you said, find your coach, find a mentor, find someone that can help you figure out the steps to take to become that better athlete for next year. And if you are that everyday CrossFitter, 
just keep enjoying class. And if you are consistent in what you do, you'll just get better at everything. You know, a good run gym, a well-run program, you're going to touch toes to bar often enough and chest to bar and muscle-ups and handstand push. But you're going you're gonna to touch all of those things enough in the next year that if you're consistent, you'll probably do better in the open and enjoy it just as much as you did this year, hopefully. Rick, the amount of people, for those who... Well, I, okay. I was just going to say the amount of people in the affiliates are there, they've taken that step, and it becomes a quality of life. They're an improvement in quality of life. Yep. And you're not doing it just now for the yep. for the here and now in March of 2023. You're doing it for the years forward <laughs> to make sure that you, you exactly. have the capacity to, to do the things that you want to do. And, it, and we've heard that a hundred different ways. But it is the everyday yep. athlete, the competitive athlete. What are you doing now? And focusing on the age groups and the master's. Because we're doing things at 37 and 57 that maybe those outside our four walls are not. And it's not a, hey, look at me. I can do this and you can't. It's a, you've just looked inside yourself and taken this as a, I just want to be better at life moving forward. And that's what's the important lesson. 100% agree. You are a quarterfinals qualifier yourself. I am a qualifier. What are you focusing on in the next couple of weeks? Uh, Trying to touch a lot of the items from the equipment list that were not featured in the open. And then since it's such a quick turnaround between the end of the open and age group quarterfinals, just really staying healthy. That's the biggest because if something happens, you really don't have a lot of time to uh, to back off or rehab or work around between now and the end of the month. How about you? Completely agree. Stay injury-free. That's been my entire focus. Once we start to get into the open, especially for us with quarterfinals and semifinals being on a shorter time schedule this year, I'm not going to get tremendously stronger or fitter in the next two months, although I will keep trying and be doing all of the work to be the fittest I can be by semifinals if I make it. Fingers crossed I make it. Uh, But with all of that, you're, I'm writing that line, and I always am writing that line when we're going through the qualifier season of being as strong, as fit, as well-practiced as possible, having the highest amount of volume that I can while maintaining my health and remaining injury-free. It's pushing as hard as I can while slightly depressing the brake pedal at the same time. <laughs> there's no there's line. no room here for fine line. And we run that risk as competitive athletes. We're always running a slight risk that we might overdo it, might overtrain. In fact, I was taking a hike this morning. Instead of zone two training after my workout today, I took a hike this morning and there were a lot of leaves on the ground. And I was just thinking, don't break an ankle. Just oh, whatever yes. yeah. You don't break an ankle, don't trip, don't snap something. It's little injuries like that will knock a master's athlete. We'll just be out because I twisted my ankle on a hike in the Alabama hills. Um, You just never know. So that's really the focus right now. The other focus, and I did want to mention this, is to make sure that I have all of my ducks in a row technology-wise for the test. For me, I'm going to be at Mayhem, and I'll be doing the quarterfinals test with a couple of other Mayhem athletes that are flying into town. And we're all probably going to judge each other in the workouts. So we need to make sure we have the judges test taken so that I can judge someone else can judge me. So we need to have the judges course certificate done. 
I'm also going to make sure that I have enough space on my iPhone for my primary recording for the videos. That's I like to use the iPhone for that. I'm also going to make sure that my GoPro is you know, all up to date, all my batteries are charged and I'm ready to go because I always like to use a backup camera for these workouts with the limited time submission windows. There is no room for a technology problem. So I will make sure all that is there. I'll have the tripods I need for both cameras, the attachments I need for both cameras. And my advice to those that are new to this, don't ever get stuck on the day of quarterfinals trying to set up two kettlebells on a box to sandwich your iPhone so it sets up correctly. That's never going to work. Just have your gear, have it ready, test it. In the next couple of weekends, do a small little mock quarterfinals Saturday morning and even record that video and upload it to YouTube so you know what that process is like. You know, I'm just going to say this because I have this experience with photo, with data and video data because I do this a lot. I never like to have data in just one place. So as soon as a quarterfinal workout is over, and I know I'm going into too much detail, I'm going to cut this off quickly, but I'll have all that data. I have that recording on my phone and on a GoPro. As soon as I can, I will transfer that video from both devices to my computer, and I will actually upload both of those as soon as I can to YouTube from my computer. So within an hour of a quarterfinal video, and this may be overkill, but within an hour... I have the video in three different places. Just take, I have the GoPro, I have it on my computer, and I have it on YouTube. I have it on my phone, on my computer, and YouTube. I'm leaving no stone unturned. And then I'm going to make sure when I submit that video to HQ that I'm submitting the correct version. And they even have a notes area if you need to type any notes when you submit your score. And I always put my second video link in there, indicating that if there's any issues whatsoever with the first with the first video, here is my secondary camera. And this was not an issue or it didn't come up as an issue, but I did actually notice last year in the quarterfinal video, maybe it was semifinal video. I don't remember. It was semifinals where we had GHDs, we had rope climbs, pistol squats. I think that was, maybe that was two years ago, actually. But I had two, I had two cameras and my primary camera did not see the very top of the rope it was my hand was like at the edge of the frame touching the top of the rope i was very nervous about that because it was clear but it wasn't like overwhelmingly clear so i submitted my second camera angle which was less quality because it was further away but it showed that full rope and i i always want to make sure that there is absolutely no question so anyway make sure your tech is up to spec and has been tested and you're ready to go for that because the last thing you want on quarterfinal weekend is to be really stressed out because you've never done this before. I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. You have a couple of weeks. And for a lot of people participating in quarterfinals, some might be doing this for the first time. And so this is exciting to be a part yep. of. But if you have thoughts that you might move on, as the rules say, if you enter a score number, a video link has to accompany it. It's not a valid score without the link to your video. So take this time. And in fact, maybe uh, use the individual quarterfinals if you have some people in in your affiliate that are participating this upcoming week in individual quarterfinals. Do something similar, or if you have your own programming that you're working on, use that as the, your time to set your camera up. And also, Amazon still ships. We know that. 
take the time to get the right tripod. You have time for delivery. You're not waiting to the last minute. And I've, you said two kettlebells, but I know we've all done weight plates uh, on the edges of boxes and stuff like that. That's the old time. And it's yep. much easier now with the right yep. tripods to hold the camera steady. Oh my God. A, a tripod on Amazon is like $9 for with free shipping. Just order it. Yeah, absolutely. Just order it. Rick, we have a question from a listener and then we'll go into our tips of the week and we will move on to our next episode for next week. But our question from a listener this week that we drew out of the hat was when you started, what was your biggest weakness and how did you fix it? And I'll start with this one. My biggest weakness was ankle mobility. I had every weakness on the book. I couldn't do anything. But the thing that was my biggest challenge was ankle mobility because I couldn't squat all the way down without my heels coming off the ground. And I certainly couldn't overhead squat at all. The way I fixed my ankle mobility was very slowly. There's no fast fix for that that I know of. But I worked on my calf and ankle mobility for years and years. One of the ways I did that is by actually holding on to the rig, like a vertical post on a rig, getting down into the bottom of a squat, rocking back and forth to get my heels dig, digging down towards the ground. And I really felt a big stretch in that lower part of my calf. The other thing I did was spend a good amount of time rolling out with a foam roller or even a kettlebell, the lower part of my calf, all the way up my calf muscle. I had very tight ankles from years and years of jogging. So all of that muscle was just bound up. That fascia was just bound up. So I rolled out that calf from my Achilles tendon. You're not going to extend your Achilles tendon. So just above the Achilles tendon, all the way up to the back of my knee. And when I was rolling out, I was always rolling perpendicular to the grain. So my, I've got that foam roller there and I'm actually rolling my leg back and forth in order to break up that fascia. And over time... Again, it's, there's no fast fix, but over the years, I've gotten to the point where now I can sit in a full squat with my heels down just for fun if I want to. But it's taken a long time, and that was my biggest weakness. That was one of the biggest roadblocks for me. How about you, Rick? You mentioned sitting in a full squat. That's your optimal Lego building with the boys. Is that right? Exactly. 100% necessity. <laughs> because if you kneel yes. down, you're liable to kneel on a piece or something like that. We all... We've all been through our Lego wars. Oh, pure. That's pure yep. health. Yes, pure health. <laughs> I have, uh, I'm going to pull it back just to even a little bit farther of a look. And for me, it was, it was truly lifting. Outside of your benching and your pressing, mm -hmm. I really did not have experience with barbells. And it's just something after college and through my 20s and 30s, it just was not something that I dabbled with at all. So having the right coach begin with, after taking the level one, just trying to watch as many videos as you could, but getting down on the floor with the coach, trying to work on all lifts, your squats, proper positioning, your pressing, proper positioning, and then your Olympic lifts. I needed a lot of work. Jury's out. I still need a lot of work, but I think that was the biggest thing that I had to address because I could run and I could move my body in space to some degree with a lot of practice, but the whole concept of heavy barbells just befuddled me. And that was something that I was like, oh, I need help. Here I am. Teach me. I, I don't rem I don't know if you remember your early days, but I remember when oh. I was in the gym and I saw I saw someone do a 185 pound power clean and I just thought that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. 
There's no way I'll ever do that. And when you have, and they may, when it's somebody that cleans with good form and technique, it, it looks like they're not lifting anywhere close to the weight that's on the bar. And then it's further head scratching to someone that's new and starting. And they're like, how did they do with that? And how do I get to that point? I have no idea. So needed a lot of coaching. And for me, yeah, for me, anytime I see someone else do something and I can't do it, it's clear I can't. There's literally, there's a huge gap between what I think I can do and what this person is doing. I, it's a mind bender and I have to figure it out. I remember seeing Zach do that 185 pound power clean thinking, I've got to figure that out some point. Now, I got it. It took me a couple of years, but now I've got it. Zach, I got you at this point. Rick, we have picks or tips of the week. And I'll share my tip. I, I really like your tip. So I'm just going to, mine is really quick. I'll share my tip. I can't wait to hear what you have. My tip of the week is counting my steps. This is a tip that I've shared with a few people and they found it to be really helpful. So for 25, a 25 foot walking lunge, for example, is eight steps guaranteed. If I do 50 feet of walking lunges, it's 15 steps. Yes, it should be 16, but it's not. It's 15. Somehow my the length of my steps is just such that at 50 feet, it's 15 lunge steps. It always is. It's not 16. It's not 14. That's exactly it. When I'm walking on my hands, 25 feet is 13 steps with my right hand. So I only count one hand when I'm doing handstand walking. And I found that Counting my steps, I think this could apply to shuttle runs. I just haven't had enough practice with shuttle runs. But I found that if you count your steps, you can do that whole bargain in your head kind of thing that comes into play. For example, if I'm doing a heavy barbell front rack walking lunge, maybe it's 185 pounds and it's just pure misery, right? But I know it's eight steps. It's I know that now I can get three steps out of the way. Oh, I got three more. I only have four more. It's two and two. That's just something that I do in my head to help me get through that. Or at the CrossFit Games two years ago, there was a 44 foot handstand walk. I want to say it was some 42. It was 42. Yeah. Yes. You're, you just know this stuff so well. So this is 42-foot handstand walk. I think it had to be done unbroken for us. And I just remember, as I was doing that handstand walk, I believe we did that handstand walk three times through this particular workout. On the first set, I counted my steps. So I knew exactly how many steps it was to go 42 feet. So after I did the next element, whatever it was, we uh, dumbbells or whatever it was, I went ahead and kicked up to my handstand, and I knew exactly how many steps it was from my previous length. And that just helps you, especially when you're doing an unbroken set of something where you're at. And it's not perfect, like maybe there's one extra step, but it at least lets you know along the way where you're at. And I just find that to be an incredibly helpful resource when I'm in the middle of a workout and there's nothing else to do in the middle of the pain and the agony and the confusion, all of the panic, there's no oxygen in your head. You know what I can do? I can count these steps because I know exactly how many steps it takes to go from point A to point B in this situation. So give that a shot. See if that helps you in your world. I really like that. See, we don't tell each other what we're going to talk about before <laughs> on our picks. I'll tell you what, maybe I'm going to have to go in tomorrow and start doing some counting because first I thought you said, the number of steps were going to make the lunges easier, but you didn't say that. I know we lunged this week, paid for it a couple of days later. I always seem to. It's <laughs> difficult. Thank you on that. I 
I'm going to give credit to one of our compete members here. Lauren brought this to my attention. So thank you very much. They're about, it's probably not new news to some, but it's news to me and I'm glad to share this and I'm going to certainly do a little bit more digging with this, but she pointed out an app from informed sport, which has a barcode scanner for your supplements. It is, you're able to take a look at the barcode, scan the barcode, and it tells you the lot, the, uh, the lot when it was tested or the product itself, how the testing went, gives you an idea. So if you're looking, if you have questions, again, because everybody in this space is very sensitive to tainted supplements and I don't want to be doing anything wrong and I only want to be putting into my body uh, what I'm, I'm responsible, I should say, for everything that goes into my body. So I better know that what I'm putting in is, has been tested and is safe. The other one, I thought not everything is tested by informed sport. NSF for sport has a very good app also. In fact, I'm going to do more digging with this one. They have their homepage set up on the app with a purpose or a goal. So if you tap on you can say, okay, I want to look at all of the pre-workouts that NSF for sport has tested. And it gives you just an Right now, I think it was 256 that they have. Some are in Canada, some are in the United States, but it's an incredibly thorough app, also with a barcode scanner. And just from my experience alone, I've seen more of the NSF for sport labels out there. So I think this is going to be very helpful when you're shopping, if you do use supplements, to begin to use these apps. Just give yourself a little bit more knowledge, give yourself some confidence that what you are putting in your body for the various reasons that you are, and it has been tested and is clean, um, I think it's going to help all of us go forward in this. And I think there are more out there, but those were the two that I came up with this week, and they're going to be used going forward. So then, thank you, Lauren, for sharing that. That is great. I like that a lot. I am very careful about the supplements that I use. The ones that I have used, I've used for years. And anytime there's something possibly new, I always am double checking and I didn't even know that this kind of an app exists. It makes a lot of sense. So it, I like that. It'll give me a little more freedom and confidence if I try something new, which I very rarely do. That's very cool. Rick, one of the things we haven't shared on this podcast yet is people want to follow along and follow your journey. Where can they find you on Instagram, Facebook? What's, yeah. a, what's the best way to people to follow you on your journey Instagram's through the season? The easiest way under R Stevenson 26 uh, out there. Not nearly as active as you are, but see what we're up to on a weekly basis, I would think, as the journey goes along. Awesome. And guys, you know how to find me. I'm Jason Grubb underscore fitness because Jason Grubb will not give me the domain or the handle. <laughs> that one just, yeah, he just won't give it to me. So I'm underscore Jason Grubb underscore fitness and, and on YouTube at Jason Grubb. And with that said, guys, we appreciate all of you that have listened to our podcast. Thank you for the support. We are overwhelmed at how many downloads that we have just starting a new podcast. And we appreciate it. So thanks for tuning in to the Masters in Motion podcast, where we help you embrace your potential for remarkable fitness at any age. If you found this episode to be helpful, we'd be truly grateful if you could take a moment to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. Your support helps us reach more listeners and grow our master's community. Until next time, get bolder, not older, guys. See ya.